Welcome to the Spook Show, Twitch's only horror movie talk show. Maybe. Yeah. I'm your host, Boone Scruffler. With me tonight are my beautiful ghost, nefarious nerd at Sprinting Fish and Catalonia Kyle. Hi. Hi. Every month we got a theme and we each pick a horror flick. Then we watch them all. Then once our brains are fried, we award the movie's points based on a selection of arbitrary categories. We also tally the total number of times people die, do drugs, chug booze, get naked, and have sex to determine the movie's base score. Then we get together and we talk about the movies. Talk about the shit we liked, shit we didn't like, random sign tangents involving who would win in a fight, Dwayne the Rock Hard Johnson, or 5,000 Very Angry Bullfrogs. And then comes the big reveal, tallying up the points to see which of the four movies rises to the top. But wait, there's more. Whoever selected the winning movie for the month gets to decide what next month's theme is going to be. So this whole vicious cycle can continue. For the month of November 2020, Kettle chose the theme of A-list horror. What the fuck is that? Well, it's the most succinct label I could come up with for Kettle's galaxy brain theme. Basically, horror flicks with actors and actresses in them who are insanely popular and well-known, but not really known for doing horror flicks. It's a dirty not-so-secret that horror movies are breeding ground for actors who are destined for superstardom. Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street, some other guy who apparently has a connection to everyone on the planet in Friday the 13th, but I'll get to him in a minute. Point is, there's loads of examples. Damn near every A-lister out there, you can dig into their filmographies a bit and find some horror flick they did before they made it big. Hell, Leonardo DiCaprio was in Critters 3. Charlize Theron had an uncredited role in Children of the Corn 3. It's fucking crazy, man. I have seen low-budget, fairly garbage, garbage horror flicks suddenly come out with a brand new packaging just to capitalize on an actor they managed to get, suddenly making it big. They might only have a single scene in less than two minutes of screen time, but suddenly they've got top billing for the movie. Because, baby, they're a star now. And that low-budget flick needs to make money any way it can. Now, typically, once these actors and actresses make it big, they pretty much kiss the horror genre goodbye. They don't need to stoop to that shit anymore. They're a professional, goddammit, and horror is lowbrow trash. But that's not always the case. Take that dude who was in Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon. Dude's a superstar. He's made a name for himself well outside the horror genre, but he keeps coming back. Tremors, Flatliners, Stir of Echoes, Hollow Man... Shit, he wasn't just willing but incredibly eager to reprise his character of Val in Tremors for a TV show before it was preemptively cancelled, a crime I've still not forgiven the sci-fi channel for. He may not be the same, uh, be the same horror caliber as a full-blown king of horror like Robert England, but he's definitely put enough amazing work in the genre to be given the title of Prince of Horror. And then you've got the latecomers, A-listers who manage to rise to the top without dipping their toes into the bloody mayhem of horror, but decide to wander in once they're well-established. The through-line is simple. Horror draws talent, whether it's been sanctioned by the masses or not. And it draws it for all the strangest reasons. Fuck, man, Sir Ben Kingsley was in fucking Blood Rain. Why? Because no one had ever asked him to play a vampire before and he thought it'd be fun. Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson signed on to Snakes on a Plane before even opening the script because he loved the title so much. And then you've got Eric Roberts, who's apparently so addicted to acting he'll take any job that's casually mentioned in his presence. Seriously, this dude has over 600 acting credits, and almost 70 of them haven't even been released yet. 
He's been in everything from big budget stuff like The Dark Knight to the classically awful A Talking Cat, to the outright batshit insane Human Centipede 3, to a couple of fucking Jaw Rule music videos. Like, what the fuck, Eric? <laughs> anyway, that's what A-list horror is. You got it? No? Great. Let's go over the flicks we'll be talking about tonight. From 1980, we've got He Knows You're Alone, the tale of a love-smitten weirdo who goes around stalking brides-to-be, bumping off everyone who gets in his way while doing his best Michael Myers impression, Sans Mask. From 1993, we have Leprechaun, a.k.a. When Ewoks Go Rabid about a pint-sized terror who's got only two goals in life, getting his gold back and polishing every damn shoe in a quarter-mile radius around him. From 1997, we have The Devil's Advocate, about a hot-shit lawyer and his hot-ass wife moving out of a hot-as-balls state to head to the city that never sleeps because some hot-talking, fork-tongued son of a bitch really likes the cut of the lawyer's jib. And from 2002, we have One Hour Photo, a film that makes a strong case for why the eradication of commercialized photo development was actually a good thing. But unfortunately, kids today think a dark room is someplace you go to turn off all the lights and mope about your feelings, while not knowing how lucky they are not to have to fork over 20 bucks to get physical copies of those out-of-focus shots they took with that disposable ca camera that cost another $20 so that you could then force passers, passers on the street to look on the, at them instead of just instantly uploading the digital file onto Facebook to push out to your 4,000 friends and family, about nine of them you actually know. Tag yourself, by the way. I'm Yoshi. So grab, <laughs> so grab your autograph books and check your breath, because we're about to meet some A-listers. Oh, shit. We in. We in. Now I gotta talk even more, because my movie's up first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't have to. Uh, we can talk now. Yeah. My, my movie. Was high, he knows you're alone. Bum, which, bum, which, bum. which has. I feel like so. So I chose this one because Tom Hanks is in it. It's this is famously the horror movie that Tom Hanks was in before he became famous. Uh, and I knew nothing else about the movie aside from that when I picked it. And um, yeah, Tom Hanks is in two scenes. Yes. It doesn't show up into, until like until, an hour into the movie. An hour into the movie. I, I was watching this the whole time. I'm like, D have I just not recognized Tom Hanks? Where the fuck I, yeah, is I he? I kept thinking he was the police, other police officer whose face you never really saw. Yeah. <laughs> that was always in the uniform. Yeah. I was like, oh no. He's but then it's like, oh no, he shows up. He's, he's just there. Yeah. He's a guy. Random jogger potential boyfriend for side chick mm -hmm. for two scenes he doesn't even get killed <laughs> he's in a horror movie he's not he's not the crazy killer and he's not a victim he's just kind of there for a minute and then he leaves and we never see him again oh my God. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> once I saw that I was like yeah I don't think I'm winning this month uh, so I don't know what you guys think of this one. That movie took forever. It was it was a bit <laughs> slow paced, yeah. It took forever. I mean, it wasn't. Of course, it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen, but mm. like I was constantly 
along the lines of what what is actually going on like what (sighs) i i mean i think i I, that ties into basically what i realized this was part of the way into it this is Mm -hmm. totally totally a halloween ripoff yeah yeah, it came out like a year or two oh, after. A year yeah, after Halloween. Right. Like, this is like super duper a Halloween ripoff. Yeah. Even the music. <clears throat> yeah, the music. I was, uh, the little stings when he, like, the dude spends most of his time just standing in the background stalking. Mm hmm. And, and the main chick was a Susan Sarandon diet. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Every time I looked at her, I was like, it, that, it definitely isn't Susan Sarandon, but is it? <laughs> no. Which, which was interesting. Like, cause, cause again, the only thing I've ever heard about this movie is like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks is in it. Whereas like Tom Hanks is barely in it, but like the whole damn thing is very obviously a ripoff of Halloween. <laughs> um, and it also makes a very good, um, counterpoint to like why is michael myers got to wear the mask because if he doesn't make wear the mask he he's we'd have to see the really ridiculous faces he makes when he's killing people which this movie shows us Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that guy makes some of the goofiest damn faces when he's murdering yeah (laughs) fucking that that those were the great like i very much liked the um uh uh suspiria i'm having a brain fart on the Argento. No, no, like, well, the music was very Argento-y, but, like, when I was actually, like, thinking about it, Mm -hmm. um, the, the POV of the killer is very, um, very Argento-y. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of giallo type Yeah, giallo, thank you, yeah. But again, Halloween also, because Halloween starts with the, the infamous, uh, POV shot of Michael Myers Mm -hmm. going into the house, so... I feel like even that was kind of just lifted from, well, Halloween did it, so let, let's do that. It's true. And it's, it's kind of incredible that, like, because this is obviously, this isn't the only Halloween ripoff movie, but, um, like, a year after this came out, uh, Friday, the first Friday the 13th would drop, and that one, like, the, the guys who made Friday the 13th straight up, like, will tell you, like, oh, yeah, the only thing we were trying to do was to rip off Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's interesting like looking at the first friday the 13th and then this movie which are both pretty obvious like one is a self-admitted halloween ripoff movie i don't i didn't look up to see if the director of this straight up admitted it or not um but it's very clear that that's what it is and seeing like what kind of worked and what didn't because like at this stage of the game again like the only reason i hear about this movie is because tom hanks happened to be in two scenes um I, it doesn't even get mentioned as like a halloween ripoff movie from what i've heard it's just the tom hanks horror movie oh man um whereas friday the 13th like that's a franchise like that that exploded and became its own entity and thing mm-hmm. um, which is interesting considering they both kind of came from the same source material kind mm-hmm. of um, I did like the opening scene, um, the, the, st- the creepy stealth kill in the theater. Like, that was actually yeah, really that part fucked. Yeah, pretty cool. Like, that was really cool and really fucked up. Um, 
Oh yeah, they, we also had the uh, the principal from the Breakfast Club and, and mm. dickhead police chief from Die Hard. That's he was right. he was one of the cops. He was the not the obsessed detective. He was the dude telling the obsessed detective, like, "Come on, man, <laughs> just let it go." Right. Which that was cool seeing him in a in playing a character that um isn't wasn't a complete asshole. Because yeah, usually I see nice. that guy playing a complete asshole. Um. Yeah. Talking a hell of a lot. <laughs> Chime in, I fuckers. Liked <laughs> you I liked, liked it? it? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Is because it was like Halloween. I figured something out about myself, and that's I like a specific type of slasher, and it's got apparently it's Halloween. Forefronted <laughs> by Halloween. Yeah. And now <laughs> this movie's gonna follow in a close second because. I think the what was going on was that it was a slasher movie, but the premise of the slasher movie was apparently it seemed to me some brother before the wedding day kills the bride because maybe he was in love with her and then becomes a serial killer who just yeah. From what I understand, and, and like the movie's got like this cyclical kind of story to it based on how it ends right. but mm-hmm. but the the crazed serial killer guy was supposed to marry some chick but she dumped his ass and was gonna marry the the obsessed detective instead and then on the day of the wedding he sneaks in when she's getting ready and kills her and then that just becomes his motif he he goes around like stalking brides to be and then slowly bumping off everyone around her before finally taking her out. Right, right. Um, and then it comes full circle after the creepy serial killer is killed, but then the lead girl decides, fuck this douche bro asshole that I was planning on marrying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bang the nerd and marry him. Um, and then it's implied that douche bro has now taken up the mantle of being a smitten lover going around to kill brides <laughs> although i don't think I don't... we got any sequel to this so that's just kind oh, of where the story ends because i wanted one i was like i want to i want to continue the story and i was just i was very <clears throat> very upset. usually i don't i don't like it when a character in the movie tells me how i should feel about another character like just blatantly mm-hmm. but i really didn't mind the taylor think of me i'm your father and oh yeah the, the dress fitter guy that made me so sad when he died yeah he was, <laughs> was cool so he, he was a cool dude he was so cool and he loved his craft and he knew he was just this old man who was probably alone and he loved her and made her <laughs> such a beautiful dress and i was like oh <laughs> Don't kill him, fake Michael. <laughs> Michael Sprite. <laughs> ah, I'm dropping shit. <laughs> Kevin, what was your takeaway from this? Uh, it, yeah, it was okay. I, it was yeah, very much kind of the the Halloween ripoff. But I did like how it injected like a little bit of a little bit of humor. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a couple uh, notes here, mainly that uh, when the guy that works at the morgue first shows up, 
he grabs her and is like, hey, watch where you're going when he gets ice cream on there. And it's like, sir, you grabbed her. What the hell? Also, like, <laughs> not very cool. And then also the whole, like, oh, I bring you goldfish. Here, I bring you yeah, goldfish every yeah. time. And it's like, eventually that tank's going to run out of space. You can't be doing that every single time, man. Yeah, stop this. You lunatic. Yeah, my, my note on him was uh, Marvin is clearly insane. But mm-hmm. It's a fun kind of insane. Like, yeah. like I liked him. I, yeah. I I love how exasperated she was by him because <laughs> everything and she's probably like I, when he's they unfold the story about the fish and you saw how many freaking goldfish were in there I was like she must hate him for having to clean that fucking tank <laughs> and then she keeps putting up like that was some serious like you could you could really make an argument that. that like Marvin take a fucking hint but in his defense she's sending out such drastic mixed signals. She's, she's like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not going to marry you. But at the same time, I'm not telling you to stop doing this stuff. She's and I kind of do want to be with you. And then also in the beginning where the one girl gets stabbed in the movie theater, it, I thought it was kind of funny because she was not alone, uh, but no. she was still still murdered yeah um so right off the bat we can't trust it's really movie. equal opportunity if you're there if yeah. you're alone not alone like if you can just get away with it that's what he's gonna do yeah uh but yeah aside from that yeah kind of generic tom hanks was like oh cool baby tom hanks there he is but baby tom hanks didn't, baby didn't really tom contribute hanks. a whole a whole awful lot to it no and it's it's so weird i think it's like indicative of like well, two things. One, how he's become as huge as he's gotten. Because mm-hmm. even in this, there's he's got that Tom Hanks charm to mm-hmm. him. And it, it like it's a, it's on full blast. And also he like he stands out like because of that, he stands out so awkwardly in a horror movie. <laughs> like he he was off doing like like there's the horror movie Halloween ripoff that's taking place and then his scenes happen and it's like all right it's it's uh sleepless in Seattle suddenly it's like, like he suddenly it's it's like an set. awkward romantic comedy yeah yeah he stumbled onto set and he was like oh hey I'm Tom Hanks in a horror movie <laughs> yeah it, like that and and considering how shoehorned in his character feels it, it, like I almost would believe that that like the, he just came onto set one day and charmed the director into putting him like, into a couple scenes hey well, what are you guys doing here oh cool oh, uh, can a I movie. be in it yeah hey I, 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 I'm trying to be an actor can I uh, maybe uh, sit in on a couple of scenes in the background and the director's like we're going to invent two brand new scenes on the fly just for you. Just for you, Tom. You know how to be a snarky first year psych major? <laughs> He's just so adorable. His kid is adorable, too. <laughs> oh, and then I did also like uh, that one scene where in the morning, like, the, the two ladies are all, like, hung over, but then the little girl comes down, and she's all, like, uh, as well, but it's just because right. she had too much cake. Too much cake. It's like, oh. Cake hangovers. <laughs> you know, that happens, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an okay movie, but yeah, yeah. I, I also agree. It was it was a bit slow. I'm glad it wasn't any longer than an hour and a half. Yeah. Because uh, it really probably could have chopped, like, ten minutes off and would have gotten the same result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have just cut uh, out Tom Hanks' part. 
No. <laughs> no, they could have just. I don't know what the exact. Don't you You know, it was. It was fine. It, it wasn't. And especially for the time, because I, I I did catch myself being like, oh, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. Like, oh, wow, he popped out from under the morgue sheet? Crazy. Right. But it was 1980, I guess. It was kind of But even that, I feel like even 1980, like, this would have been before. I, I, I made that comment, too, because that movie they're watching at the start, like, it is, it, it's got some, some serious 80s horror vibes, which is interesting because the 80s just started... Yeah, and the slasher yeah, craze is still happened in the 70s, yet. basically. Yeah, and the slasher craze hadn't happened yet. No. So, so it's kind of wild that they're watching this movie that, like, taken on it. Well, like, one, it's based on a, a famous urban legend, but just the way it's presented is, like, so 80s horror, and yet that wasn't a thing. Like, 80s slasher horror specifically. But that wasn't a thing yet. So, like, that was. Like, when that. Like, that whole opening scene, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is, like, a ahead-of-its-time type of, like, prophetic type horror movie, and then I realized it was just Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, literally, like, it, it literally basically has the, the Linda Bob scene from Halloween, PJ Souls and her boyfriend fucking, and then she sends him to go get the beer, like, when Michael gets the uh, sheet on and pretends to be a ghost. Mm-hmm. Like that scene is in this movie. It's just they they changed around the details and and like that that was it. It's, it's Halloween fan fiction, <laughs> basically. And I loved it. <laughs> and like you know, at least Linda had the goddamn common courtesy to get naked and actually bang Bob before sending him off to get killed. Like mm-hmm. she she just teases the shit out of that poor dude before sending him away. <laughs> Um, beer. <laughs> I still remember, like after watching it coming out and looking at you and going, Who, "It was for Tom Hanks, right?" It took me like most of the movie to realize yeah, yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> I, I kept thinking he was the killer, and I, and then I kept getting a better and better look at the killer, and I was like, "Well, shit, who yeah. the fuck is it?" <laughs> like that surprised me too. That like in in scene one we see basically the killer's full face. I was like, "That's different." And I'm like, that's definitely, I'm like, I guess I can cross off Tom Hanks as the killer, because that's not Tom Hanks. Yeah, I thought that for a few scenes as well. I was mm. like, is he the killer? Because that would have been awesome. That, uh, yeah, that, uh, that would have been really cool. A really cool twist. Yeah. Um, yep. An hour into the damn movie. <laughs> it took there he goes, running along. It took Tom Hanks about as long to show up in this movie as it did the Anacondas to show up in Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Did <laughs> me, or to show up in the movie as long as it did me to realize that Simon's actually in the TV now. When yeah, did we do that? I, well, when I had to recrop everything because Discord was being weird. I kind of no. slid it over to make sure he was in there. Um, yeah, that's, that's the majority of my notes on this are just like me realizing more and more how, how much this is just all like we got shitty Loomis with the obsessed cop. Um, and, then, and then our shitty Loomis cop for that fails to implement the Loomis method when he finally catches his the psychopath he's been after. He only shoots him once instead of six times. Um, so, so then he winds up getting killed like a little bitch. Yes. 
Uh, he didn't even exclaim how many times that he shot him. No, he no, he just go. Oh, I shot him once. He just, no. <laughs> what a disappointment. He yeah, that's, just why, that's why he's shitty Loomis. Retire to a desk job. <laughs> he's retiring to the grave. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have like that. That's basically my main takeaway from this. Was like, oh my god, it Halloween. And yeah. my god, it yeah. took Tom Hanks forever to show up, but he's delightful. I like him. Yeah. Like, the spot that he was in, like, made me happy. <laughs> yeah. And I realized, like, watching this, like, Tom Hanks for, for a horror movie, I was like, if I really wanted to pick a Tom Hanks horror movie for this month, I really should have just gone with The Burbs. Because The Burbs is, like, really fucking good. So, yeah, if you gotta watch one Tom Hanks horror movie of the two <laughs> Tom Hanks horror movies that actually exist, go with the Burbs. Pick the other one. Yeah, it's way better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anybody else got anything? No, there My wasn't thoughts. really too much. Like, no, there wasn't anything overtly noteworthy yeah, about the movie. That's that's where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, like, a part of me is like, Wow, we really kind of just breezed through that movie talking about it, but at the same time, like I literally don't know. Like I, I like the opening scene kill. Oh, I did like yeah. the the um the best friend kill as well when she gets high and starts listening to the radio. Yeah, yeah that was kind of fun. like they and like they set up like maybe they're going to do they're they're gonna rip off the shower psycho kill mm-hmm. at first and then that that doesn't happen and then you think she's gonna be okay and she gets high and starts listening to music on the headphones and nope and then the reveal of her severed head in the fish tank that was really cool yeah yeah sleeping with the fishes yeah worry about um feeding the fish for a while no (laughs) Mm. uh let's see this got zero categories from me it got poster for me it was a cool poster because like out of all of them it got favorite music for me just because i did kind of like the little like yeah uh, i I don't know how to describe it i just it it was it was kind of catchy and honestly that's a category i have a hard time paying attention to uh in our movies unless something really stands out of me when we were watching when i was watching i was like well, that's kind of fun. I was like, well, I can't think of any other music, so that wins. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've had that. I mean, hell, for me and Neff's spoop, um, I couldn't even remember the other movie's music, but the the Lake Placid versus Anaconda during the end credits, I realized that the music they were playing was just literally a five-second loop over and over and over again for like five minutes all through the credits. Oh, and I'm like, well, the music's not bad, but this is incredibly lazy. So fuck yeah. you, the other movie gets to win this. <laughs> I don't even really remember the music from the other movie, but it wins. The um the reason why it got favorite poster for me is because it looks like <laughs> it looks like a um a sim when it sees another sim <laughs> like either naked or woohooing, and they just go, oh! Oh. oh, they get this like really exaggerated, terrified look on their I face, and it's know exactly just that. enough about The Sims to know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it cracks me up. <laughs> uh, no, if you gave this a couple things, 
Yeah, I gave it favorite music and um, and uh, favorite kill. I I really enjoyed just the the uh, the the Argento. I know it has the other word. I just can never remember it. Gialdi, Gialti, Giallo, Giallo. Um, but I really enjoyed like the the POV from the killer. I like that mm. type of stuff. So. Um, yeah, but the music, of course, I, I really enjoyed the music. Yeah, the, like, the music, the music that wasn't, like, blatantly trying to copy Halloween, and even that music was fine yeah. because the Halloween soundtrack is iconic, but it, it was, I was like, you're trying to copy Halloween. Like, the actual, like, little theme they had, I remember being really cool. That they played, like, I think, I think they played it at the end credits and, like, a little bit at the beginning and maybe, like, once yeah. or twice in the middle. Like, that little theme, like, I, I really liked it. Right. Uh, I guess we can move on to Leprechaun, which was Neffy's pick. Now, yeah. now you've seen two Leprechaun movies. Now everyone here has seen two Leprechaun yeah. movies, at least. <laughs> um, but completely out of order. <laughs> Now, yeah. now we know how the story I don't know began. That it matters all that much. It really doesn't. <laughs> right. I, I've, I've seen. I haven't seen the la later Leprechaun movies, but having seen the first four, yeah, you can watch them in any order. <laughs> They're all pretty self-contained. So Leprechaun, um, which uh, Leprechaun. stars a very young Jennifer Aniston. God, she got I hated her character so much. <laughs> Just hate her, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's basically what it was. Like, I can't stand her, but <laughs> I was really. Huh? I need to know why. I'm genuinely curious as to why you don't like Jennifer Aniston. I, I think it's just simply because she comes off like as as very snooty, especially in this movie. And I just, I don't know. I just don't like her. I feel She's like also the uptight one on Friends. I think I don't know. I never watched that show, so neither. Uh, not enough to really tell for sure. Um, she was in the beginning, and then they bring her down to earth. She's oh, spoiled. Her yeah, daddy's rich. <laughs> in Friends or this movie? I in feel, Friends. I feel like both apply, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I can... I can Because I remember the first time I saw this, I had very similar thoughts. I was like, God, I can't stand her. This time, I actually wound up not being too bothered by her. I was like, you're fine. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a type of character that I particularly, you know, enjoy, but you're fine. Right. Like, the, like as far as the performance goes, like, she played the character fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> the, the character was annoying. Yeah, and by design, she was kind of like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, she succeeded. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what did you think of it, Naffy? Are you still gung ho to watch more Leprechaun movies? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> um, it, it like it was exactly what I um I honestly expected. Mm. So it wasn't as glorious as the 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 fourth one right Leprechaun that's four in space yeah. yes mm -hmm. yeah, few things are one. yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like the um, Leprechaun series it just gets better as it goes along yeah mm -hmm. i'm like I, I don't know it wasn't 
bad. It was cheesy. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking at the end when the kids like get fucked. Lucky charm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like... I put. I made. I made a note about that. Um, yeah. Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Is, is, yeah. It might be up there with this is the end, friend. As far as being on the top ten list of most badass things children have said before absolutely killing something with cold-hearted brutality. From Child's Play, yeah. Andy at the end. This oh, is the end, friend. Before he just annihilates Chucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are you are correct. F- fuck you, Lucky yeah. Charms is 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 up there as well. It was it was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I gotta. Sorry. So in. Leprechaun, it got most entertaining for me. It's it's an, yeah. and it got favorite poster. Um, it almost, it almost, almost got um, comfiest movie because it's something just wonderful about a little man in a green outfit attacking <laughs> people. Um, it, it it's a comedy horror. It's a dark. It's yeah, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. comedy horror for sure. Yeah. Like there, like, like the comedy is in there intentionally. Yeah, and I'm sorry, my words are just gone today. Oh no. Um <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, like so bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that she is was an much accurate less... representation of her character throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um but she, like, I, I, I thought when I looked up the movie, I thought Jennifer Aniston was going to be, like, a little girl. No, no. No, she was, she She's was a young much lady. older than I expected. Mostly mm-hmm. because I'm just, I misread the photo that I saw of her in it. So I was like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I expect her to be old enough. I, I like the little kid and the grandpa the best. I really liked grandpa. the old. Not Grandpa. I'm sorry. The not Mr. the Grandpa. O'Grady. Yeah, Mr. O'Grady. I liked him a lot. Oh, the old man or the older man from the opening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Irish dude who's like fucking dude. wasted. I love. Yeah, I love that he rolls at the beginning. He rolls up in the limo, just drinking Jameson straight out the bottle, being like, "We're rich." <laughs> yeah. And him, him, and uh, Leprechaun fucking killing the wife. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and, and then puppeting her. Talk, yeah. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was a fun time. It's it's one of those movies that I honestly like. If somebody's like, "Yo, I want to watch," you know, Leprechaun, or I want to watch something along those lines. Like, I'm down because it it may not be scary, but by God, is it hilarious? Oh yeah, it's it's so. Mm-hmm. great and it's absurd like i i found because I've, I've seen this a couple of times before and i remember like not being particularly into it this time i was i was so into it <laughs> <laughs> like again not to the same extent as leprechaun 4 in space and yes i'm gonna use mm-hmm. the full title every time but <laughs> but like so many of my notes are just like the absurd 
fucking ridiculous shit that happens in this movie and and how much I loved it. Um like there's just the tricycle him just barging out of the garage riding the tricycle. <laughs> the pogo stick of death. <laughs> that got my favorite kill. That shit was hilarious. Oh yeah, this movie got favorite kills for me too cuz yeah, pogo stick of death. The upgrade to the motorized children's car as a means of getting around. And then that getting, can tip over a truck. That can tip over a truck, and, and also he gets pulled over by a cop. Oh, that shit was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, it was so good. Like, it was just a Take montage of, like, kid. moment after moment after moment of just things just ramping up on the absurdity level, and it was just gold. So speaking of that cop, I, I instinctively caught his name on his badge. It's oh, yeah? Trip It. Trip and then one Yeah, Trip It. T-R-I-P-E-T. So okay. I'm watching the credits at the end and I found out that the executive in charge of production is Dave Trippett. He was the cop. <laughs> <laughs> well he wait, they used his name for the cop's character? Or he, he played was the cop. The cop. Oh, yeah, he, play, he, he also the played the cop. Oh, yeah, and his badge was Trippet. That that strikes me as a man who's like, yeah, I'll give you the money, but I want to be in the movie. <laughs> like, all right, how do you feel about getting killed by a wee lad? Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> um, My dog's broken. The theme alone of this movie was enough for me to give it favorite music. I love the theme. Um. I do like um, when the, the Jennifer Aniston and her dad show up at the house originally uh, and she's talking about how much it sucks and she wants to go rent a hotel and she misses L.A. and everything like that. I love how the dad tries to teach her a moral lesson about money not being everything just after bragging about how much money he didn't spend on the house. <laughs> Money's not everything, but I, I you should have seen the bargain I got on this shit all. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of money, how much do you think it costs to be able to have cell service in North Dakota in 1993? Oh my god, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, the 90s when you could have a plucky, overly mature kid and a plucky, undermature man child teamed up and doing house repairs and no one would bat an eye. <laughs> like that was a very '90s thing, right? Like oh, yeah. that was just shit you could get away with Ozzy in the '90s. His, his stories, yeah, they were they were one of my favorite like sets of that movie. Of, like that was the Pee Wee dude, the yeah, one yeah, the Pee Wee's rich kid, friend. That kid, I've seen him in several '90s movies when I he did look familiar. The time that I first watched this, what yeah. else was he in? Uh, I think he was. Maybe in some dog movie. I don't some know. Some dog movie. Cujo. He, came out he was a in lot Cujo. In the 90s. They came out with a lot in the nineties. Like did um, Air Bud. Who was the Beagle Dog? I can't remember his name. My dog Skip. Wishbone. Wishbone. No, Wishbone was the Jack Russell. Oh, so was. But so was I Skip, did watch I that on TV. Very like I loved Wishbone. Same. <laughs> Um, Shiloh. 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 I think he's in a movie called I Shiloh. I don't know if it's him for sure or not, but I've seen his face in a couple movies like that. Mm -hmm. Um, the the one with the pug and the cat came out. I, I, Milo and Otis. 
Milo and Otis. Well, no, that I think a remake of that came out in the nineties because I thought when I was a kid. Huh. I don't. Know. I know. I only know one Milo and Otis. I, I honestly don't uh, know. When Homeward it came Bound, out. I think. Homeward Bound. Homeward was, Bound uh, was definitely out around this time. Yeah. yeah. And Homeward Bound Two. No, but I definitely know the difference b- between Homeward Bound because that was my shit. <laughs> I love well, in Homeward Bound, shit. like the animals talked. In Milo and Otis, I don't think the animals talked. They did. They did. Or, in Milo and Otis. For them, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was narrated, but they didn't Milo have like Otis specific I was voices. So little. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't. That was because the one dog. I remember the one dog in Homeward Bound was Michael J. Fox. Yes, that was Chance. Yeah, Chance. And I forget who played Sassy the cat. Yeah, I can't. I don't remember. remember. I think the they same were all kind of famous. The same kind of um, feeling was what I got when I watched this movie because, like, I there was scenes that I so clearly remembered, like the Leprechaun Warwick grabbing Jennifer Aniston's leg underneath the car. Like I clearly oh, remember yeah, that. that whole weird so scene. So much other stuff in the blur. <laughs> And she, I did like, yeah, she like freaks out. I was like, oh, I thought you grabbed my leg. And yeah. he's like, you were going to let me? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. yeah. And also, you just saw him walk off in the completely opposite direction. And you're, you're just, your mind has allowed you to believe that somehow, once he was out of view of you, he snuck around, climbed under the truck just to stroke your leg a little bit. And also, you were cool with this behavior, not just the leg yeah, stroking. She was completely dignitized by that point. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, like, I mean, I love that character. I can't lie; I have a special place in my heart for Jennifer. It'll never leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I like her fine, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of neutral. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch Friends or give a shit about it. So it's like, okay, whatever. Right. Mm. <laughs> But I think that's the thing is that, like, in, in comparing it, knowing what I know of Friends, like, she plays her characters really well in this flowy, dance-like sort of way. And she uses her eyes and head tilt and hand gestures that I'm just like, that's actually, like, you don't notice that's there until mm-hmm. you do notice it. And then you can't, like, put it out. And it's like, wow, that really is a good acting job. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Mega spoiled bitch in this movie. I'm like, you're such a lady girl. (laughs) Tubular. (laughs) I mean, also on the topic of, of money, you know, this, you know, the dad also saved a lot of money on hiring these assholes to fix up the house and paint it because like one, they're awful at their job. And uh, two, I don't think they know what color theory is at all. No, God, no, absolutely not. Like, I don't, I barely know what it is. And even I look at what they were trying to do to that house. And I'm like, I I feel so bad for the house. (laughs) I mean, that is a textbook case of you get what you pay for. Yeah, (laughs) it's not good. (laughs) Um, And I love how, how they just like, they're committed to not believing Oz. like granted Ozzy is established as having a history of uh, putting forth some pretty ridiculous stories but even in the face of he's like there's a fucking leprechaun and then a random magic rainbow just suddenly appears and it literally leads you to a bag of gold 
At that point, I feel like it'd be like, you know what, maybe Ozzy's on to something with this whole, mm -hmm. there's a leprechaun thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they completely, like, even when, even when the leprechaun, they, they go to the hospital with the dad, and I, th I think, and then they come back and the house is completely mm -hmm. ransacked because the leprechaun's been looking for his gold. Like, their, their initial thought is, maybe it was a bear. Maybe it was a bear that broke in, threw everything around, and polished all these shoes. Well, wasn't it at, at the first, kind of at first, it was just between Ozzy and the kid about the gold? He didn't yeah. tell anybody until later. Yeah, but even, the, even the kid, shop. like, when they find the gold, he, Ozzy's like, I told you that leprechaun is real. And yeah. the kid is like, shut the fuck up, Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> Into it. Like, he gets hit by the boyfriend dude gets um, caught by the bear trap. And yeah, that's right. And it's like, I don't know what that thing is, but it's not a leprechaun. And the like, yeah, there's... like, it's a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> They're so persistent and like, it can't be a leprechaun. It's not a leprechaun. It's definitely, it's definitely messiah. not a leprechaun. <laughs> He's not. All right, I guess it's a leprechaun. <laughs> He's <laughs> um yeah the leprechaun shoe polishing compulsion like i don't remember that being in any of the other movies like it was it was like oh a cool man that, that, i love that too that was so when funny. they pull they out like all the shoes all the, and just all the shoes at him and he's like oh <laughs> like panicking panic polishing yeah <laughs> Warwick was pretty damn, like, I mean, like, he is just such an amazing actor in all in himself. I've seen him in that Harry Potter and a few other things. Uh, just, oh, yeah, Willow. Um, he played, yeah, Willow, he played Wicked right. the Ewok in Return of the yeah. Jedi. Um, I just love him. He, yeah, no, he, I love he, Warwick he Davis. that role so hard. Yeah, he, he, he takes to this role like Robert England takes to Freddy Krueger. Like, yes he's he's clearly having a lot of fun with it and like the makeup effects and whatnot on him are like pretty solid like the, the it looks good like, it's a good monster makeup he came up with himself what's that i wonder how many leprechaun puns he came up with himself. right because he had so many he's just flooded with puns it was um I did make a note of uh, this movie needed a scene of Jennifer Aniston and Nathan hate fucking the shit out of each other because they <laughs> definitely teased it enough. Um, also missing the scene where the dad brags about how Lily spent on the house painters. <laughs> uh, you know, I saved a lot of money on these guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't say. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. As it turns out, having Ozzy phone the police probably wasn't the best plan. <laughs> No, when everything's right? going crazy, Ozzy, call the cops. Wait a minute, <laughs> this was a mistake. Because <laughs> he calls the cops, and they're just like, oh, "All right, Ozzy, sure, sure thing, whatever you say, bud." <laughs> like they you just know, completely ignore it because he immediately starts talking about leprechauns. Speaking of the cops and everything, with them calling them, you know what was really cool is that the leprechaun mimic voices but he kept that to himself like as a tool to use for his own yeah like it was never told to any of the characters i don't think i don't think so i mean they just they discover it because he does it at the beginning right with the dead wife and then he does it later when jennifer aniston goes to the to the home 
to see mm-hmm. oh, uh, see Mr. Old Man Grady. And uh, he uses uh, some subterfuge. But at least he's like got, he, he's learned a little bit. Because last time he was just like puppeting a, a very obvious corpse. And it didn't really work out too well. This time he's sitting in a chair facing the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which of course leads to Leprechaun <laughs> in a wheelchair. <laughs> racing down the halls after her. Which is again just glorious. <laughs> oh, that's right. He wears roller skates at some point. Leprechaun on roller skates. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's when he tags along on the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and he's on a skateboard. Like I'm rereading through these notes that I just I just commented on all the insane shit. Leprechaun on a skateboard. Leprechaun hand through the phone. <laughs> Leprechaun ro- on roller skates. Leprechaun in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Ripping out the dead cop's eye to replace his own. An eye for an eye! <laughs> what about the tiny hands? The tiny hands? Which yeah, one was the at tiny At some hand? point, like, I can't remember what happens to his hands, but there's just two little tiny hands growing back. Two tiny little leprechaun hands. I oh, I missed that. Tiny hands as a gag will never not make me laugh. <laughs> I had that written down for the, the phone thing. I'm just like, oh, it's little phone hands. Yes, that's right. And um, maybe that's what it was. And the portable, she mentioned it was a portable phone. Oh, and yeah. I know, like, how fucking old I yep. actually am. I remember that as a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I also had a note about that. Um, wait, shit. And it died where, where like right away. Yeah, this too. lady just called her cell phone a portable fucking 90s. Because <laughs> I also realized I was old enough to I was like, oh yeah, they did used to call cell phones portables. Like portable phones. Oh man. God, remember car phones? What the fuck? Yes. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't remember portable phone as much, but I, I remember definitely the car remember car phone. phone. Yeah. Definitely hmm. car phones. How the portable- fuck did those? I mean, I guess based on the primitive technology that became cell phones, but like just thinking about because our came first, I think they did. My grandmother yeah. had but it must. But it must have like used. 80s, yeah. But it must have used similar technology to what like cell phones yeah. use it did because, because, because it's, it there's means, not a phone line running from the car up to a pole <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> which is but what when you go. when you actually look at the um portable phones like i remember the first time i saw like an actual portable phone was um similar what you would see like navy call or navy call on like the big like a sat phone yeah. phone yeah like a yeah. sat phone and I first saw it, Zach Morris was using it in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that that's what they were. And that's what they looked like in cars, only attached to something. They had number a dial pad on the back so you could yeah. dial what you were Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So, very similar, only those guys had an antenna. Mm, you're right, right. The antenna must have been in the car somehow, because you got an antenna for radio. Yeah, it must mm-hmm. have. <coughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly, but yeah, it must have been something like that. It's just this weird, like, old, outdated technology that you just kind of accepted, and then in the modern era, you look back on it, and you're like, how the fuck did they make that work? Like, nothing else existed that worked like that. Like, like it still blows my mind when I think back, back to the area of the 90s when I used to have the Sega channel. 
Did you guys ever yeah. have the Sega oh. channel? Yeah. No, but I know of it. Yeah, it was like a uh, like a program you could get through your cable company that would allow mm-hmm. you to play Sega games that you didn't own and didn't have a cartridge for. And mm-hmm. there was just a whole. It's like the the Microsoft Store, like the PlayStation Now thing that just streams yeah. games. But this was in the '90s when it was operating off of cable, and like the games would change sometimes. Like like considering that, like somehow. There was an ability through cable to play games that you didn't own. I feel like the technology was like slow to catch on, but once it did, it like took off. Like yeah, fire. it blew off like crazy. But like, yeah. This... Rem- oh, go ahead. I re- I remember sitting in the living room uh, when my cousin got a computer, and this was like early 90s because i was still a kid and living at my grandmother's house in newark and so like she we were sitting on the computer and you could park your cars outside but most people would double park but if somebody had to get out they'd beep their horn and you could hear it from inside your living room and i would do the horn sounds on like the little windows program and (laughs) we were sitting because kitchen was here behind the wall of the kitchen was the room that i was in and i'd honk the horn on the um sound clips and she'd go running outside thinking her car was blocking somebody oh no we tortured her my poor grandmother dear god (laughs) but yeah like this shit existed before like the internet was why like the internet existed obviously but Mm. before like like i remember having that channel before like aol was a thing which is just wild thinking about Anyway, we've met our random side tangent potion for this episode. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I fuck it. I, I I wound up enjoying this movie way more than I ever have. Anytime I watched it previously, like I, I gave it a lot of, a lot of a favorite kill, favorite poster, comfiest movie sleeper hit because again i had seen it before but this time it hit different and i'm like you know what (laughs) i'm surprised like this one surprised me which is interesting considering it was a rewatch uh favorite Mm -hmm. music because i love that theme favorite special effects because the leprechaun looked real cool and the the melting leprechaun at the end was very very cool yeah uh and then also most entertaining because i i mean just go back through my notes leprechaun on a tricycle leprechaun on a skateboard (laughs) leprechaun panic polishing shoes as they're thrown to him (laughs) fuck you lucky charms like yeah take any of those for why I picked most entertaining Um, and for me it won uh, favorite kill comfiest movie and uh, favorite special effects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about you Neff Oh, I said mine during my thing, but it got uh, your favorite poster and most entertaining. Mm -hmm. I got sleeper hit because I, I don't, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was the first (laughs) time that I, and I had been sleeping on it because I have not watched it since I was a little kid. Right. favorite sfx because it was great and most entertaining because i felt like this category usually is like what's got me like intrigued and on the screen the whole time and Mm -hmm. you know 
the majority of my votes are some other movie and it might have been that <laughs> <cool> play. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was definitely this one. I was I was, I was very amused. <laughs> Which movie are we talking about next? Devil's Advocate. Okay. Which was Fish's pick. And which is also a two and a half hour movie, apparently, which I've I've seen this what? movie many times. I did not realize it was two and a half hours long until I saw the runtime this time. You're lying. It ain't that long. It does. It is that long. It just really it doesn't feel. Like it does not feel like it. It's, yeah, no. Today. It's it's fortunately it's good enough it's, to where that's not really a big deal. Yeah, it's well paced. No. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I have a running theory, right, and I'm going to go over it right off the bat, and the reason why it doesn't feel two hours long is because Al Pacino is actually Beelzebub, <laughs> and Keanu Reeves is the Antichrist. Oh, okay. They play their roles so fucking good. They're so good at playing the devil and the Antichrist that I actually think it might be true when we're so beguiled by what's going on on screen. That yeah. No. This movie has a lot of, of A-list. Like Al Pacino mm-hmm. for sure. Keanu Reeves. Charlize Theron. This was like before she really got big, but mm-hmm. I think this is like one of the first movies yeah. where she started to get big. Um... Yeah, like there's a there's a bunch of of really familiar faces and famous faces in this movie, for sure. However, not who I picked it for. See, the whole reason I picked this one, it's since you had reminded me it was there, is because I was like, well, Al Pacino, like I was going to do Insomnia, but that right. like kind of leaked over onto Kettle's pick, right? Because mm-hmm. um, also had Robin Williams. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, let me just do this. And though, like, so the beauty about this movie is it's got a similar twist to The Sixth Sense, where each time you watch this movie, you almost for you almost forget the uh, <laughs> ending. And in this one, you can almost forget the look in Milton's eyes the first time, like, he meets Kevin, is like a father watching his son for the first time after he's groomed him. Right. And he, after the <clears throat> world has groomed him, rather, and the person he mated with raised him. And I say mated on purpose. Like, I don't mean he made love to her. He probably did. I mean, because it's Al Pacino. I don't blame Kevin for <laughs> this one. I'm just like, yeah, me too. <laughs> um... And he's proud because he can, like, see himself in Keanu's character, and you're just sucked into their dynamic and their negotiations. Mm. And this also happens with many of the characters, too. So, as I talk oh, about... Oh, yeah, Mary- it's, it's throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The negotiation yeah. thing. No, well, not even so much the negotiation thing, but the, the devilish manipulation. Yes, well, and that's the silver tongue. I'll just throw it under there because at one point he says, "Oh, he's negotiating," and and or he goes negotiation, and uh, Al Pacino's like, "Always." Yeah, and then he flips it on him at the end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like you'll hear me like when I'm talking about Mary and how fucking uncomfortable she is, and like everything that she becomes subject to before she ends herself. 
mm-hmm. like all those relationships like it's throughout everything but it's not as pointed as it is between keanu and al plus you can't convince me that al pacino's laugh isn't the devil's laugh <laughs> 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 But yeah, like if not actually devil and son, it's certainly giant Hollywood actor that plays nice and took a shine to a talent that was going to take like his place when he leaves the acting world, making it big name and light, so to say. He sees like that potential in Keanu. And I was like, I remember watching this. Well, actually, every time I watch this, I'm kind of like, I wonder what the scenes were like between cuts or between actually filming like what was that like between the two of them because i really like their dynamic a lot yeah they've definitely got good chemistry Mm -hmm. yeah and then there's mary charlie's she that is charlie's theorem that is charlie's theorem yeah charlie's theorem is a fucking chameleon she is she's so fucking hot she is um, she is absolutely like this aesthetic like every bit of her aesthetic from beginning to end is so beautiful and i remember distinctly like because this again was toward my years where i was becoming and maturing and i was like oh i love that because she's got the curly hair and <laughs> she's just the mm-hmm. little the soft round cheeks and those little dimples in her t- like i love her so much mm-hmm and I wanted skimpy black dresses, <laughs> a full set of pearls, my lipstick stained. Uh, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad at her. I loved her in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just going through my notes. You guys can interject. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I fucking loved the movie. That. Mm-hmm movie was was amazing it was Was this the I first time you saw it yeah oh, oh really? yeah, this is first time for me too oh nice. nice i like it so what'd you think Neff? i thought it was it it just was amazing um i loved keanu's like kind of southern-esque like charm that he had. I love Keanu Reeves. I love the accent would pop up from time to time on certain words and you're like, he's, it's like, oh shit, he's like actively doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, because it's a subtle accent, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean. Which is very cool. Again, this, this, uh, like, I I take it back to like what I said, I think when we, Fish originally picked it, like, this was from an era where the for some reason the general consensus was Keanu Reeves was like a one note wooden actor and he he wasn't particularly that talented except for this movie like that that would be the one like saving grace people would pull up it was like well he was really good in Devil's Advocate but everything else and it's like now we realize no Keanu's been good the whole time I made some bad movies. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That was the general consensus, but I liked him the whole time because yeah. I think after this, I went and saw him play in Hardball, where he plays the coach for all the little kids mm-hmm. in the projects. It's adorable. Oh, I remember that movie. That was such I a think, good I movie. I never saw it, but yeah, I know the one the you're picture. talking about. 
Keanu Reeves. He remind uh he never mind, I lost my train of thought. Go on. There's the side thought about the movie Hardball. The the one kid can't pitch, like he gets nervous, but he can't pitch right unless he's listening to Big Papa. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, don't jump, don't jump. And yeah, the the opening scene in this fucking movie is intense as fuck. Oh yeah. Um, and and like Keanu Reeves is like he like be like outside of roles is like he's like the friendliest guy ever. But like he's a bastard in this, at least in that opening mm-hmm. scene. Like he is he is cold. Nephi, do you recognize the guy that he was defending? <clears throat> oh yeah, one? I do know that the, guy. The bastard something. dude who diddled the little girl. Yeah. No, I didn't. That's um Sheriff Andy Belfleur from uh True Blood. Oh, oh yeah. See, it's I've seen so him in other stuff too. Not, but I and did not even catch that. The girl on the stand, I recognized her. Uh yeah. she's she's in hostel too. She's the, the chick who gets strung up by her feet naked and then the, the battery killer proceeds to slice her apart with a scythe while bathing in the blood. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, this this came in as a note because um, one, it's it's something I've been keeping track of, like keeping track of like when people take drinks of alcohol, and I've mm-hmm. I've mentioned it before. A lot of times when there's scenes in bars or parties, and it's like people are holding liquor but they're not mm-hmm. drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene in the bar here. There, there's so many people drinking. Like mm-hmm. this is the inverse of yeah. They were going shot after shot. Well, right. it, just just random people in the background because I I keep track of that shit oh. too. Like I, I my eyes are darting all over the place, and usually people are just holding stuff. This one, like oh my god, so many people are, are knocking back beers or taking sips of of drinks. Um, in multiple scenes, like when when there's alcohol present, you see it being consumed, and it was especially noteworthy because I I binge watched all the movies for this show, and then also uh, the two for the spoop in the same weekend, and um, Lake Placid versus Anaconda also had a bar scene with extras in the background drinking. So it, yeah. it was especially noteworthy because I'm like two movies basically back to back where it runs counter to what I've noticed. I just um, love that whole scene too because when the guy comes up to him and they're just the the back and forth between every single one of these characters is significant somehow. Mm-hmm. It's and it's just. He's like, oh yeah, it's a good job he sent you. Who's pulling the trick on me? And he's like, no, here, look at the numbers. And then all of a sudden, you just see Keanu's eyes just went wet, <laughs> <laughs> and it ties into the whole symbolic. What sin are you willing to commit to get there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I have so much. I'm going to interject you. As <laughs> no, that's that's totally. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. Just to take us uh, through, because it was so long, and there were so many good fucking scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then a little while after that, we have the um, high-rise sca- skyscraper balcony with no fucking ledge scene. Freaking <laughs> the fuck out! I am so, so nervous about that. It was pretty cool, though. It was yeah. it was very cool, but like, just like this is why, like, I don't like spiders. 
I'm not arachnophobic. I don't like spiders. I don't like large spiders near me. I'd really rather not have them around. Yeah. Yeah. But I can watch movies with spiders, and I'm fine. I can play video games with spiders, and I'm fine. I also really don't like heights. Mm -hmm. Watching that scene, I was anxious as fuck watching that yeah. scene. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that that is a clear distinction that, like, yeah, I just don't particularly want big spiders creeping around near me. Mm -hmm. But I am genuinely afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> to are. To a phobic uh, sense, because even just that scene and Al Pacino walking right up to the ledge, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, and I've seen this movie many times, and I know and nothing bad happens. Yeah. But I, just just the sight of it, I was losing my fucking mind. I was like, just go inside, please. That's so purposeful. <laughs> That's so purposeful oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, they they shoot their feet as they're going up to the edge. They oh, shoot yeah. A lot of they... How far up that is. And I'm not afraid of heights. But if you put, like, I, there's still a little nervous, kind of anxious thrill. Like, when I've been on the top of Stone Mountain, when I've been on top of skyscrapers that big, when I've been on top of the Empire State Building and one of the towers... Like, you know, like even me, who's not afraid of heights and will go zip lining and maybe bungee jumping and skydiving one day, like that still made me nervous. Yeah, it's <laughs> just. And like you said, go inside, go inside. Yeah, just, just, yeah. just, it, it, it's lovely. It's a beautiful <laughs> fucking patio ledge. Go the fuck inside. <laughs> Please. There too, so that makes it even more nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. I'm like, looking. even thinking about it and imagining the scene in my head, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but there is some damn good dialogue in the scene to distract you, thankfully. Because <laughs> I think that's that's the initial scene where the, the whole, are we negotiating? Always. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the whole movie has like, like per capita, probably the most monologues Al Pacino has ever had to give, and they're all like really good. And he's just chewing really his way are. through all of them. My favorite's a short line: "I'm the hand up Mona Lisa's skirt." Oh yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's very, um, it's got a slow burn to it, and it's very low-key horror for the most part. Like, mm -hmm. it, it takes a while for the real horror, like, the demons to start manifesting. And, but I like, was entertained the entire way. Oh yeah, it's captivating the whole way through, like, so the point that, like, that stuff kind of, like, it's really obvious that it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, he's, like, I, I don't consider Al Pacino's character being the devil really a twist, because it's it's broadcast almost from the start, um, mm -hmm. and gets gets more and more explicit as they go along. The fact that Keanu Keanu Reeves's character is his son, and he wants he wants an Antichrist child, like that's the twist. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, not even a first one, a second one, or maybe even like the ten thousandth one. Yeah, they 
blows like my an mind actual away. one from like his two greatest children, like male mm-hmm. and female children that he's he's kind of pulled into his circle and like really groomed. Because mm-hmm. the insinuation is that the picture behind him are the lost souls of all his other children, and they're oh, is it? Is that what that is? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I do like I forgot that was there until it started like you see it but it's just still and then at the end it starts it comes into focus and it starts swirling around I completely forgot that was a part of the movie but like that, that thing is so cool it's a perversion image of um oh fuck who is it Michelangelo painted it the touching of oh God yeah 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 yeah. yeah it was a perversion of that okay and the religious perversions that are in here like i don't necessarily condone and i'm not like a masochist towards the the catholic (laughs) religion but like the devil as a figure has always been so charming and so much more relatable than Mm -hmm. a god figure to me and i just think that like stories of the devil are the most interesting to me And, oh, my God. Like, he's so crude and charming. Like, where do you fuck? Everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you do. Get it, Al. That's when I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to sit down anywhere in here. Oh, yeah. Um, No. (laughs) Put my hands in my pockets. They totally will. They're lawyers. They totally will. (laughs) Because what will they do? What kind of sins will they commit to, to be able to get what they need? Did you guys did you guys catch how naturally Mary's uncomfortable with the double kiss from Jackie, the uh wife yes. when they first get into the apartment? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I mean she's just so uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's very clear from the start that like or very shortly after they get there and they start seeing like the way like the New York life and the like the rich New York life. Like, it, it's, it really, like, her and Keanu's, like, Al Pacino sets it up from the very first meeting where it's like, how do you handle pressure? There's two types of people. One person, they're motivated by it, and the other person crumbles and withers away. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. Keanu is the one who's driven by the pressure, and Charlize's character is crushed by it. You're right. Um... She reminded me of Princess Die. I know I'm. I'm <laughs> You're going on a kick. No, really. Like I do have my eye on the royal family because a new episode or new season of The Crown came out. But I've always liked the royal family, and um, the way that Diana was treated, like where they're systematically being overwhelmed to the point of like, and I'm going to use the term. I know you don't like it, Boom, but gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because they make her think she's the fucking crazy one, and they're using everything in their power to make her think that. And that's exactly what that's insinuated it what it is. Like, the paint on the walls having to do it all by herself because her husband's oh, working yeah. stuck doing the home stuff. And I think she would be happy to do that, except for she's now a small fish in a very big fucking 
ocean yeah and before they were the big fish in the little pond mm. and so she's just like what do i do and i think she would be fine if she had him to lean on but she even predicts it as it goes she goes more and more into her madness that like you know basically just that she's the one that has to handle everything and then and it's Which... almost secondhand to kevin's own getting gaslit by Al Pacino. Yeah. It, and it's also with two very different designs because Al Pacino wants his two children to fuck and make make him a grandbaby, an Antichrist mm-hmm. grandbaby. And in order to really stir that along, that means uh Mary's gotta go. Yeah. So so the 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 corruption of Mary was always intended to eliminate her and that's probably why she got to see glimpses of demon faces so early on yeah yeah and like when um they're in the uh clothing store and the uh neighbor wife strips down and she's pulling her shirt off or top off like you see that shimmer of the demon face the hands all over mm-hmm. her body, yeah. touching her breasts, moving down into her abdomen, and mm-hmm. then the the goddess, like like I I just showed you that, yeah, and it's a little secret between us. It's it's such, and she's just so vulnerable that yeah. that hits her, mm-hmm. and she's just like holy shit. <laughs> and also the manipulation of her changing her appearance, mm-hmm. which is another thing Al Pacino does in a very silver-tongued manner it's like oh you should put your hair up and also like yeah blonde isn't a good look for you you need to go dark hair which is inverted to the physical changes that we see much more subtly and kind of in the background of uh connie nielsen's character um Mm -hmm. whereas suddenly she's her hair is down suddenly it's curly Suddenly, she's looking a lot more like Charlize Theron did at the start of the movie. Yes, to she's further just so to be like, yeah, let me change you away from what he likes in you, while changing this other mate that I have chosen to look more like her and even sound like her. Because there were some moments towards the end where suddenly, like, she doesn't have the European accent anymore. Suddenly, she's got a southern drawl bleeding through a little yep. bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really yeah. subtle. Um, and all of that was by design. It was. It w- everything that, and here's where I'm going to pull the religious into it because obviously it's a religious yeah, I, it's movie. movie about the devil. Yeah. He, so there's the idea, like that, he doesn't put the gun to your head and say you know you've got to do this he gives he plays on the choices the free will Mm. like but he's going to use everything in his power to make the the manipulation best thing ever yeah to guide you to the choice he wants yeah exactly it's like the gin and wishmaster it's like i'll grant your wish but i'm gonna mm -hmm. do it my way and you're not gonna like it But I granted your wish. You can't be mad. Everything is pointed that he does. That's why I'm like, everything is significant in this movie. Like, Mm. every interaction is so significant. Um, 
And then it leads to the scene where she has that fucking dream. And I think that scene is an inspiration for a lot of fucked up shit in my head. Especially the way she gets up and sees herself walking away. Like, I can't can't mind games. They make me so nervous and agitated because I'm like, oh my God, it's it's that... um, it's it's just the repetitiveness of it. She sees herself get up and walk away as herself, right. and then she wakes up again. And not being able to wake up for a dream. Freaks oh me right, out. yeah, because that's when she finds the kid, right? Mm-hmm. The, the evil yes. dream kid. Yes. Yeah, and that's right. So fucking. <clears throat> it was, and he's holding her ovaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever picked that up the last few times I watched this movie. Yeah, I don't think I fully grasped exactly what was going on there, but this time I did, and I was like, oh, shit. The whole promise is we're going to go up here. We're going to be able to afford, like, building a life. We're going to build a family We're going to have a family, yeah, and then that's and taken. She thought it, and she thought it was going to be as individual as it was down in Florida. and. Yeah. No, it's corporate up in New York. Everything is corporate. You get in a corporate apartment. You get a corporate suit. You get corporate dresses. You get a corporate hairstyle. It's just a different mm. world for her. And then she says the most heartbreaking thing ever. They they took them away from me. They took my ovaries. They took them. And he doesn't believe her and she can't pitch her case to someone who takes the most hopeless cases like a guy diddles fucking girls. And that just breaks me every fucking time I watch this movie. It breaks me and I'm just like... (laughs) Was that before... that That was like right before the really fucking bizarre but also really hot sex scene. Yeah, yeah. That was it's that's so such cool. a wild like the the editing in that scene is mm-hmm. masterful because like the the intercutting between Charlie's and uh Connie Nielsen is like it's flawless. Mm-hmm. And it and just it builds to just how surreal that whole fucking scene is. Yeah, and it lends to that whole she's becoming Charlize's character. Yeah, again, he she's in mm-hmm. his head. She's teasing him. It's like, yes, you have her, but don't you want me? Mm-hmm. And he does. Would you prefer does. if it was me you were fucking right now? Um. Oh, and then, yeah, randomly fucking Don King shows up in this movie for a random scene. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Don King? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hard (laughs) oh no the the connotations (laughs) (laughs) i just yeah i saw i was like oh shit i forgot about don king he was he was like all like i didn't even know who what don king did but i remember in the 90s yeah don king he was uh mike tyson's manager that's right that's right but he was just like a character unto himself. Like I think he did a number of movies where he just kind of randomly cameoed as himself. Because yeah. because it was popular and people wanted to see that. I think him and Al Pacino were actually like good friends off potentially cuz doesn't Al Pacino like legit like go to like games and stuff. Yeah, and, and Pacino was a big New York person. Like I think yeah. he lived in New York. He loved New York. Um, 
Yeah, so a bunch of fucking crazy ass shit happens, and it all leads up to that insane final scene in in Al Pacino's office, which has got probably some of the best goddamn monologues of all time. Look, honestly, right. look, touch. like touch but don't taste, taste but don't swallow. <laughs> they're so good. Um, Vanity is definitely my favorite sin, is what he says. Yeah. And I've carried that through my life since watching this movie. That vanity is a very, actually, a pretty good fucking sin. <laughs> and I can tell yeah. it's the devil's favorite. <laughs> Look at how much he gets away with when people are vain and people are fucking vain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and like every great movie about Satan, it features beautiful women who repeatedly get very naked. And that's that's a wonderful thing about Satan movies. Satan and vampire movies. Yeah, vampire movies too. That's true. I like them naked ladies. I do too, so I'm not gonna complain. But then like if the movie has a fault for me, it's it's the actual like it was all a dream ending. Same. Mm-hmm. I fucking hated that. Yeah. It it never really like struck struck me as much as I, it did this time because it, it like it throws off like it like I don't know what the implications of that even are supposed to be. It's to me the- it was just kinda like I felt like the devil was just gonna try again. Like mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, well, but that like, didn't work. Try it a different way. Yeah, so apparently the devil can just time loop until he gets the outcome he wants. Like, which is just odd. Yeah, because when 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 he did the whole thing and he fucking shot himself, I was like, that's really cool. It's like, yeah. wow, a movie like, that's, that's not a, afraid to kill characters. That's, that's awesome. And then it's like, but no, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. It was. It's yeah. They give you the the. It's a wonderful life ending. Where it's like, oh, he's back in the the pivotal moment, and he can make a different choice. So yeah, I'm but not even gonna... that even that different choice doesn't matter because like Al Pacino mm-hmm. like teases him in a different way, and he's gonna get at him from a different angle, and it's like exactly. So what the so we're this, Keanu Reeves is just stuck in an infinite time loop until he fucks Connie Nielsen, because and there's only gonna be so many times that he's not gonna be able to fuck Connie Nielsen because she's really hot. Um, so i'm not gonna excuse it in any way but exactly everything you just said is kind of the point like he is who he is he's the antichrist he's the devil's son that's already established so Mm, so he can't escape the destiny and the devil is technically satan is infinite he's just as infinite as god is he was an angel he is an angel he's just fallen so i think he's finding his way in different worlds and different ways and different timelines to be able to get exactly what he wants because if not anything the devil's fucking persistent <laughs> but, but at the and, same time if that if it's all destined then that throws free will out the window exactly. and so much and of the movie is about free will including an the argument. ending before the ending and so you have the argument that every like theologist has been having for years like if god gives you free will or if god's supposed to predestine then how does actual free will like we're said to have been given by god actually exist and you actually see the contention between god and the devil himself like right 
is basically, hey, I wanted free will. We should, you created these humans. That's great. But you gave them free will. And that's kind of interesting. I want free will too. No. Boom. You're cast out of heaven. <laughs> um, right. so, so that that's very Catholic of the movie. But was it a good ending? I don't yeah. think that they, I didn't think so. But I don't also don't know if they like. I think it was an attempt, a failed attempt, but an attempt to show that. And how do you show something that big? It's like kind of trying to do montages. They're never good enough because you can't really like, that's not how it works. But like, so, and and this is why I think it's just a bad ending is because like it it introduces so many unanswered questions Mm -hmm. Such as, okay, so is this movie very, very late in its two and a half hour runtime suddenly throwing multiverse theory at us? Um, yeah. Like, like and <laughs> what are the implications of that? And like, there's just so much that, that it, like that ending causes to be a problem as opposed to the much more satisfying, although albeit like, pseudo downer ending because but it's okay like it's okay for something to have a bummer ending like i just and it's not even necessarily a bummer ending because even though keanu reeves shoots himself in the head it's still like it's still defeating the devil yeah Yeah. the devil loses so it's actually the good ending (laughs) what we got was the just confusing (laughs) non-ending (laughs) <laughs> due to that last scene um which yeah that's that's the one fault i have and like everything else about this movie is just like top tier it's just that ending like I, it never hit me before but yeah that ending just so as an ending i agree completely like it's, it's bad shit. But at the same, yeah, it's terrible. But at the same time, I'm not. Well, I'm also not going to complain about Al Pacino. Al Pacino as, staring into the camera and then doing a, a devil laugh as as painted black. His favorite sin, which is again my favorite line, and doing that and then laughing, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and then we do get. Like a, a banger end credit song and the end credits with mm-hmm. all the flames going on is, is probably one of the coolest end credits segments that I've seen. Yes. Even absolutely. though it's literally just fire, but it's very cool. So that's why it got my favorite music because it is that plus classical music. I like classical music. It yeah. got my favorite kill, which was Charlie's um slit in her throat man she was yeah, like I'm, was out. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this shit goodbye <laughs> favorite story because i love the whole storyline of oh shit like i i went to new york and what i didn't tell you is that i got charmed out of my panties by this man <laughs> <laughs> little old me in the church choir um <laughs> comfiest movie because i remember watching this over and over and over and over again just in yay's living room and it was one of those movies that like this catholic woman from the 1919 (laughs) watched and enjoyed um i think it was mostly because of al too so (laughs) 
uh and scariest movie because just like the exorcist that will never stop in some way freaking me the fuck out that the devil is that persistent (laughs) Mm. and that i've been taught that i'll stop talking now i'm sorry you didn't go through you were going through your categories I know, but you I didn't ramble. finish going through. Your cat- That's fine. You can add clarification for your categories. It's totally fine. You still have category. What the fuck? This is worse, huh? Yeah. No, I did. I that was it. I think I did most disturbing. Oh, I fucking forgot that I put. Most oh, you you did favorite music first. I was just looking down the list, and I, I was like, you still have two left. What the fuck? No, 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 no. I did favorite. But yeah, most most disturbing, I think, is the only one you missed. Well, it's just fucking disturbing. (laughs) See fucking devil faces and other people's faces and then not be fucking believed. Which those like I I know why those were like so especially good. They were done by Rick Baker, who also uh, famously did the werewolf in American Werewolf in London. Ah. So not a huge amount of special effects in there, but like those devil faces, like they were real good. They were good. They were real good. And um, I think most disturbing because I've been in situations where fucking people are doing shitty things and um, the person that's supposed to believe me doesn't believe me. So <laughs> it's the shit out of me because I never, ever want to be back in that situation again. No. <laughs> Uh, it got favorite story from me. That was the only category it got from me. Wow. I gave it favorite story. Uh, also scariest, just because uh, I, I don't think there's a way I could defeat the devil. <laughs> uh, you know, I can throw shoes at a leprechaun. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a child. and uh, You're not a bride to be. I'm not a bride. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, the devil scariest that it yeah, is to me. Yeah, you're still young. Uh, it was also sleeper hit and most entertaining for me. It got several. Nice. Uh, it got comfiest movie for me and favorite FF F- 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 special effects. FFX. Wow. It also got sleeper hit for me Mm -hmm. um i i don't know it like out of all of them i hear i've heard about one hour photo but i never heard of devil's advocate honestly wow Um, that's wild yeah Mm -hmm. so like to me i was like yeah if people haven't seen this they need to see it Mm. and i just i like the the special effects in this just simply because they were subtle yeah but they were really good i loved it they were so good i i just and I would fish anytime you want to put this sucker on and like just chill yeah. on the couch. You let me know. Well, <laughs> Mary, I need a copy of it because she likes mm-hmm. to buy the movie. So, yeah, I'm gonna add it to my collection. I think I used to have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. I've lost it. All right. but, um, that might yeah, be a birthday present though, because Christmas I'm getting an ab roller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so. Come to the final film. 
which was Kettle's pick. One hour. The whole the whole basis of this whole theme, just because you wanted yeah. to watch one hour photo. <laughs> yeah, more or less. And then after watching it, I was like, this movie really leans more in the thriller category. Good thing we have a really fucking loose definition of horror. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. I allow one hour photo into the horror umbrella. My horror umbrella, anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's in there. It's, uh, on the, it's on the outer rim. It's getting a little wet from the rain, but... Right, right. It's in there. But uh, yeah, it was uh, one I also haven't seen kind of since it come out had come out, and Same. I only really remember the the general idea of it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those that it shows Robin Williams' range, and like in in it shows in like a movie where he can just be completely like there's no real humor or anything like. <laughs> Because even even his other like drama roles, like his characters and stuff, will still kind of rely on humor sometimes. I, I at least from yeah. what I kind of remember. Well, um, yeah, because I'm the, the the other big one that was even before this that um, I remember seeing was uh, fuck. Jeff Bridges was in it. I know the name of this movie. Uh, the Fisher King. Have you mm. seen The Fisher King? No. Oh, it's good. But anyway, yeah, like that that was a more serious Robin Williams role. Um, but yeah, there was still like kind of a dark, sad humor to it. Like there were funny, mm. funny moments. Not in this, no. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this is just him being completely weird and obsessive, and and all the thing. And and there's just the times where he sh- he just like shows up, like, hey, I just happen to be around, and I'm just cringing, like, oh, oh no. no, right? Robin, what are you no. doing? <laughs> um. Yeah, and it also uh, Gary Cole as the store manager was yes. was fun. I was like, oh, Lumberg moved from <laughs> IT to to retail management, yeah, corporate, huh? yeah, a Walmart basically. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it was. Uh, it was overall, it was it was good, but just like it, it was a really uncomfortable movie at a lot of times. Yeah. But I, like, I mean, that was the point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. Let me see here. Oh, that scene where he like imagines himself just going in and walking around the house and doing all the stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And then like he's just sitting there taking a shit, and I'm just like, I would love it if, no. if it was like a real thing, and the family just comes home, and it's like you're trapped in there. <laughs> That was so awkward. It made me so uncomfortable. It was yeah. very uncomfortable. It's like, no, what are you doing? Please stop. It, it and it just kept me. progressing because at first he's doing subtle things and then it just cuts to him pants around his ankles taking mm-hmm. a shit. It's like, what are you doing? It reminded me of Breaking Bad. I don't there's know a, why. Yeah, there's like a weird... Like, yeah, there's no real distinctive, like, connections thematically or... very, like... But there's a vibe. Maybe the cinematography a little bit. The that clinical kind of, yeah. Walter White's, but, like, not as... Um, I hesitate to say the word justified, but not justified like Walter was, but same type of character. Like... Th- bold enough to do the things that they do right yeah i can see see that but uh let's see i i did enjoy when he did finally get fired from his job it was like okay you're clearly unstable and everything you're fired but i need you to finish out the week i'm like 
That's, what? That's a very corporate thing. <laughs> like, if you're going to do that, fire him on the Friday, man. Come yeah. on. Amateur shit. And, he, um, and, and Gary also, Cole should know the yeah. proper procedure to get away with this. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's the whole, yeah, the, the lady that the husband was cheating <clears throat> cheating with was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, t let's take all these photos of, like, me and this married man. Like, having granted, it's, affair, like, not gonna yeah. be, a, yeah, having an affair. It's like, wow, let's document all this, and I'm like, wow, y'all are that's really, really, really awful bold. garbage people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really bold. Uh, but also, shout out to the lady that just took a bunch of pictures of her cats. Internet for <laughs> our time, like I like the uh, montage of types of people that yeah, yeah, types yeah. of people, yeah, yeah. Says that and the the amateur porno people. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. the one guy, the one guy th that hands it, like he knows what he takes pictures of, but he doesn't tell anybody, and he's just always nervous as he's dropping off his photos. I think that was the porn guy. I think it was the yeah, porn guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was trying to be <laughs> stealthy about it, but he's very clearly up to something. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I, oh, sorry. Oh, I was Go. just going to say, and then yeah. I like, towards the end, uh, hit size use of social engineering of, like, getting up to the hotel and, like, pretending to be other people and everything. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very like, textbook, def like, example of it, and I thought all that was, like, really... Really cool. Also, why did he have the key to the knife case at the store? He should. He was in the photo guy. He doesn't need that. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Gary Cole was running a very loose ship. Like it took him yeah, way too long like to everybody notice gets one. that that Robin Williams was apparently just printing out thousands of of unpaid for duplicate photos for an extended mm -hmm. period for for. I think he filled up that wall. Yeah. yeah. So, so however old the kid was, like that many years is how long he's been doing this. And he um, kind of like makes a show that he should be the one in charge because, like, there's that whole thing where the um the uh I guess the printing breaks down and there's too much cayenne in there. And oh, yeah, the, the yeah, color shift was yeah. off oh, by yeah, like a tick. shift point two on cyan, and he's like. Dude, no, he's like, nobody gives a fuck about that until it's at least in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you call, I gotta, I gotta be, uh, whatever, at 3 o'clock, you call me in here for this shit? Like, <laughs> I oh, that, that maintenance guy was pissed. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it on said, Cyan is sus. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, did anyone in this, in this film look remotely, uh, vaguely familiar from any of oh. the other movies? Oh, was yeah. It yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. Yeah, that's right. Coulson is in this movie briefly, yeah. <laughs> basically playing Coulson, <laughs> only without superheroes around him. But yeah, he's yeah. Clark Gregg's in this, basically playing Coulson, which was delightful. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him the first time I watched it because obviously I'd never seen him in anything before. <laughs> but um, no, uh, the mom. Yeah. Uh, in one hour photo, that is also Connie Nielsen, the the hot stepsister huh. of Keanu Reeves from Devil's Advocate. Yeah, huh. this is around the area where like she was kind of she. I don't think she ever like blew up hugely, but like she was like she was in Gladiator. Um, she was in like a bunch of movies there for a minute. No. Um, 
But yeah, no, we we had a we had a random mini Connie Nielsen month, which is fun because huh. I re- I really like her. Uh, actually pretty badass. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, I wish she would have stabbed her husband though for being a cheating piece of shit. Yeah, yeah no, that would have been nice. Hmm. Um. That was that was like the one thing that irked me. It was just like, okay, we're just because all this happened, we're just gonna kind of pretend that he wasn't doing that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that they took a whole bunch of pictures together, and I'm sure Nephi could attest to this too. You wouldn't imagine how many pictures are taken when people are doing crazy shit like this, and then all of a sudden, like either one or the other, the mistress or the husband kills the spouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know that's not what happened here, but because right. you mentioned, like, so many people take so many pictures well, and mementos to stay. Yeah, in the and, and that, and like, you have you have dumbass people literally filming themselves committing crimes and then uploading it to YouTube. Oh yeah. So no, so yeah, like, like uh, it's bold as fuck and it's dumb as hell, but like, yeah, it definitely was within the realm of possibility. And it's so shitty. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also because I, I I was trying to place her uh, the the mistress character in this, I was like, why the fuck does she look so familiar? She was the the main girl in House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, oh shit, she was. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Oh shit. And it's I found it very interesting that of the two movies that I've seen her in. The one where I've seen her completely naked is not the Rob Zombie movie. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> um, oh, man, there was a lot of little nuggets of people in this. Yeah, there's there's a the smattering of, of familiar faces throughout this one, too. I wonder if it's because it, Rob and Williams was in it, because like... You know, I watched this once right around when Insomnia came out, and it freaked me out when I was a kid because, like, Robin plays his role so well. And yeah. just everything he does, like, we talked about, like, pointed things in some of the other movies, but, like, everything he does as an actor just is so good. Like, I miss him so yeah. much. It's so sad. Yeah, I I remember when the, like, which is weird because like, so, like Fisher King had already been out for a while, um, and I think this was even after Insomnia. It was after Insomnia. Yeah, but for some reason, this was the one that like the mainstream like really fixated on, where it's like it's Robin Williams doing serious and disturbing. Yeah, like it's a complete deviation from everything we know from him previously it's like well he's already kind of done that twice before at least but for some reason this was the one that really like jumped up there to the point that the the only other time that i had seen this movie it was with my fucking grandparents (laughs) oh wow and it wasn't like they rented it because oh robin williams he's a funny guy this is appropriate for the whole family no they knew what the fuck the movie was but they had heard so many good things about it they're like we want to watch this, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it's it's crazy that how how big a deal this movie was when it came out, and it's crazy looking at it now because 
it's the sort of movie that like give it another like five ten years and i don't think like a new audience would be able even now maybe would be able to it wouldn't be able to resonate because so much of this movie is so outdated like Mm -hmm. like the con like i think there are still like photo development places but like not so many in like a walmart or a I think a lot of them now just kind of have like the kiosk thing where you can either plug the, yeah. in your phone or an SD card and it'll still print them. But yeah, it's it's, it's the, a kiosk. It's completely yeah automated. that detail. Yeah, but the, I remember like growing up through the nineties, everything like that. I remember though, like it resonates because I remember those places existing and I remember yeah for sure them pretty regularly because I would take a lot of photos. But like nowadays, like that 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 cultural like thing no longer really exists or at least not at the level it was in this movie and that's going to be very odd for people like people watching it who just like don't know what a dark room is or doesn't don't know what physical pictures are because it's like why would they go take a camera to there can't they just take photos on their phone like so it's weird and that's what I was going to note on, too, is that it's funny because, like, at, when, this movie was a presentation of actual technological development because you could do this at a station with pe- people would develop them there instead of a dark room. Like, right. before people took pictures, they had to develop them go themselves. ahead and develop them themselves yeah. with all the chemicals. And, like, I remember having to learn how to mix those chemicals in a dark room in middle school. Did you guys ever have to do something like that for, like, I, an elective class? I learned um, in high school, I was in an arts program, and there were, like, like, I was in tech theater, and there were different sections, one being art, and the first year we had to jump around between them to kind of, like, mm-hmm. see what they were all about in case we wanted to change um and in the art the week i did art like the the final like the finale of it was getting to learn how to use a dark room it was really cool but also he is he's completely right um a monkey could do it it's not that complicated it isn't that complicated. <laughs> it's, fun. it's a fun process it is fun it's it's very cool and fun therapeutic too i can see why people still love film but i completely agree like you and i could remember that but i don't think like as the years go on, the generations forthcoming are going to appreciate that at all. Yeah. No. Um, and also, it's, it's, it's clever him crossing out the two and putting a three in, in its place, but like, my God, like, he's been doing this for years. You'd figure somebody would, because you get that folder back. I remember, you get the folder back yeah. and you see the stuff written on it. Like, You'd think the family would notice after a certain... Like, why is every single one of these... He, Like, oh, sigh. Quirky sigh. I say two, he puts down a three, and then he corrects himself. Like, I don't ever remember looking at those packets. I, like, used to take them and then put them in albums right away. Mm. I, and, I mean, I wouldn't look at them closely enough, but I feel like over such and such span of years, I would notice the scribble. Like enough, uh, no. just casually notice the scribble enough times to be like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And then I'd start paying attention. Yeah, you think, you think, but then you know, in my line of work, you have people that have have carried policies with said company for twenty plus years, and they haven't noticed that someone else was listed on their policy for like, I don't know, the past five years. Yeah, 
Mm. People just forget to update things. And I mean, like, it, maybe it'll become noticeable after a while, but think about how many times you went and did pictures. Like, do you remember anything written on those those no. things? And that's that's kind of creepy because th- it had to come from somewhere, this story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I would have noticed it because they got discarded so quickly. The only, only thing I noticed on them was the name that, and it was usually Mary's name. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, this movie just unsettled me in all honesty. It, it like, is an unsettling movie. Well, it, it was just, I, my head could just not wrap around Robin Williams being a creeper. Like it just, it just made it my brain the entire time I'm watching it just was like no, 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 fuck no! And who did your hair, Robin? <laughs> um, he but looked like, like Marshall Mathers and old no! Mathers. Oh shit! <laughs> but it just. I had a hard time watching it just simply because like those awkward moments that happen, you know, it's meant to be awkward, but they make me so uncomfortable to the point where I'm like, my anxiety is at at a fucking eight or nine. And I'm just, I, I don't like awkward situations like that. It makes me very uncomfortable and more so I don't like watching other people go through those awkward moments because mm, I'm just yeah. like, just, just stop. And like, not being able to stop it. Just... <laughs> yeah, I've got a few notes that that, that are literally just sigh, stop. <laughs> yeah, stop. It. That's all. I just, I just wanted him to stop. I just wanted him to stop and be like, "Listen, before this goes too far, can I give you a hug?" Because like you seriously need <laughs> but it. At right the same, but at the same time, like it, there's definitely like implications of like he he's all alone in society. No one knows he exists. No one cares about him. But some of that is by his own design because he like it's it's clear like when he leaves and he tells uh, Yoshi that he's leaving. Yoshi is like actually legitimately kind of bummed about it. Like Yoshi liked him. He, yeah. he could have had a friend in Yoshi, but he was so fixated on his own obsessions. And, and one of those obsessions being being utterly alone and unseen that he just mm-hmm. did not entertain the notion that he could have a friend right next to him. Um, also, remember Club Med? Yes. People were nuts yes. about Club Med throughout the nineties. What the mm-hmm. fuck was Club Med? Like, I remember, I just remember hearing people talk about how great Club Med was. It was like a spa or something. Is that it what it was? was? Like, like a luxury type it resort? Was, it was type a corporation resort? that started out like with hotels and things like that, and then it become insurance as well. What? Um, and timeshares and oh. things like that, and I think they don't call it Club Med now. I think yeah, it's I don't now hear MetLife. I think that's what MetLife oh, is. That what Met Life is? Oh. Yeah. I just like they mentioned Club Med in this movie, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that was a thing that I heard about a lot in the '90s, and it was always like the place to go. It's like you want to relax and unwind. Yeah, you got to go to Club Med. And I was like, I realized I have no actual idea what the fuck Club Med actually was. Yeah. Aside from generally like a, a resort or a spa or, or something. I but specifically I didn't know what it was. I think the only reason I actually know is because like Prudential 
um, has shared had shares in them, and Mary worked for them, and I think she had a Club Med membership. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't strictly recall. It's been about a month since I watched these things. I don't strictly recall, but apparently there was some mention of wasps hanging out on Jello. What? Which led me to ask the question in these notes: uh, Do wasps have a tendency to just hang out on Jello? I would imagine the sugar is what would attract them to Yeah, jello. maybe. It's just so, uh, something about wasps and jello happened at some point, I guess. And I was like, um, bees like, and wasps just like sugar and yeast. So that makes sense. That makes sense. It's just up. not something I had ever heard before, or heard or seen before. And I was like, is that, mm -hmm. is that like a common thing? Is that like an expression? Like, oh no, don't leave your jello out. Wasps. Wasps. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's why we got those killer wasps now. We all left yeah. our dogs out. Um, wasps and jelly? Wa the wasp on the jello. Wasp what? on the jello, yeah. <clears throat> oh, wait. It's um, a. Wait, hold on. Also, just on top of the technology of like photo kiosks and everything like that, just the mentality, early size mentality when it comes to photos, where it's just like. He's talking about, like, people only ever take photos of the happy moments. It's like, at this stage of the game in yeah. society... Not anymore, no, buddy. <laughs> people take pictures of fucking everything, and they post it online all over the place. Like, <laughs> this is not relevant anymore. No. Um, hey, Mom, so I was at my soccer practice. He was the only one at my soccer practices. An older man was sitting all alone in the bleachers watching a bunch of kids play soccer. Mom, we need to get a restraining order against Sai. Call someone to put him on a watch list. <laughs> Basically. Um. Oh yeah, I made a note of this in the moment because in the moment it was very fucking odd. But I like I feel like they're they're. If it's a subtle, if it's a if it's not a subtle twist, then it's because I'm just incredibly dense because it took me a minute at the end to piece it all together. But Sai was the victim of child molestation and potentially child pornography. Did you? Yeah. Did you guys pick up on I that? I did not catch that. I picked no. up on that a little bit, yeah, at the so, end when he's talking to the detective. Yeah, that that's where it really started. Because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Cy? And then I remembered earlier when he's talking, he's talking to the kid on the way back after the soccer practice, and he's talking about how he was he didn't really get a chance to like go out and play as a kid because he was always sick. And he specifically says he kept getting mono and hepatitis. Ooh. And I'm like... Those are, like, STDs. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Cy? Like, what? And then he Ooh. goes off on that rant about people doing stuff to kids at the end, which is not what just happened. We didn't see anything like that happening. And you realize he's not talking about the family he was stalking. He was talking about himself. And that was why he was so obsessed over happy families and making sure the kid was happy. Right. <laughs> and not being, like, he wasn't having that stuff being done to him. 
that just brought a level of sadness to yeah. It, that, yeah on that top was, of other layers. Because up until <laughs> up until that point, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's it's good, it's it's all right. And then I caught that at the end, and I was like, holy shit, that brings a whole other level to this movie. Mm-hmm. That I I did not realize was there. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's. That's very like it doesn't explicitly say it, but like there's enough threads there that I feel like that's what was yeah. going on. He definitely didn't just end up like that. No, mm-hmm. no, no, not at all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, for that reason, it won most, most disturbing. disturbing. Yeah, I gave uh, it most disturbing well, as that, well. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of overall. Yeah, but and especially then also my that favorite. As well poster because i just thought it was kind of nice and weird yeah or not weird but like kind of kind of cold and just like again disturbing mm-hmm. and i like i guess the devil's advocate one was probably would have won for me except that poster makes it look like keanu is 15 years old <laughs> <laughs> like because when, when i saw the poster age. i was like is he like an intern like what is happening and it's like oh no he's a grown-ass man that poster just doesn't do a very good job of showing it <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, compare Keanu Reeves and the Devil's Advocate to him and John Wick. He looks about two years older, and those movies are like twenty years yeah. apart. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are the only the only two at one for me. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Look at the. Oh, I made. I made. I. I. I came up with a pun because they're, they're talking about that 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 book, that self help book. Oh yeah. Uh, I was like Deepak Chopra. Yeah, I was like, he's not just a deep thinker; he's a Deepak thinker. Oh shit! Oh. Name pun. Um, store's not uh, not named Save Mart, by the way. It's named Sav Mart. Get it right, fuckers. Uh, oh yeah, it's the, a mall too. Apparently, what's that? It's a mall as well. Yeah, it's like outside of a mall, I guess. Like there's a mall. It was probably I would imagine the Save Mart is probably one of the anchor stores of a mall or something. Yeah, makes sense. Um the the nightmare red eye blood gushing scene oh, yeah. was freaky that, that as was hell. the scene I was waiting to come up because I remember that like because yeah. that freaked me the fuck out when that happened when I watched it like when I was younger. I was like holy shit. Mm-hmm. And I was as I was watching the movie I was like when does that part come up? Because I yeah. know that happens. <laughs> Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, we have Dick and Bush. We, we see Dick in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, made, I made, made a comment based on the, the shit going on in the hotel room when he's taking the photos. I was like, this is just a normal photo session. This is just how modeling works. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then my revelation of like, oh shit, that's why you're talking about random child porn suddenly, Sigh. Oh fuck. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, let's see. It got it got both scariest and most disturbing for me. Most disturbing, yeah, because what happens in the movie and also the subtle implications of what happened to Sigh previously to lead him to this point are pretty fucked. And then also scary just because like, Who's who's a creepy ass stalker motherfucker mm-hmm. who took who? Well, that no, that was a that was a dream sequence or something, wasn't it? Him breaking into the house. It was, but, but it was, was presented so, like, as real, and house. yeah, somebody breaking into your house to go take a shit. It's like, no. Yeah, before before I remember before I we saw that, I was just like, man, he's lucky it's not the like today's day and age where like everybody's got some sort of like camera 
or something. Right? Yeah. But yeah, those are the two it got from me. Yeah, it got. Let's see. Favorite story. Mm. You know, it made me uncomfortable. I did like the story. It no. got scariest movie and most disturbing movie for me, just simply because, like, someone, like, taking extra. It just all made me. Yeah. <laughs> um there there was not an aspect of that that did not make me fucking uncomfortable or make me comfortable. Um and then let's see that was no, that was all it, it had three mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any. Wow. I know, wow. I'm sorry. No category. <laughs> it's just probably I don't I don't, a lot of early Robin Williams serious roles. I didn't really like a Robin Williams serious role up until, um, uh, what's the dream movie? What Dreams May Come. Again, I think that also came out before this one too. So he had done serious work before. Oh, well then, yeah. Yeah. So I like that and I didn't like a lot of his other serious roles. Oh, no. I don't know. It just, I guess it just they're they're he has a very dry serious type of acting and it doesn't like i like the movies but they're just not my top tier mm. Robin have you, so have you seen the fisher king i think i might have i just because it's Remind definitely not I'm... dry um robin williams plays a homeless schizophrenic um, and Jeff Bridges plays like a shock jock radio host that kind of weirdly befriends him and tries to help him get his life in order and drama no, ensues. It's very good. But and, and it's also like it's it's serious Robin Williams, but it, it's definitely not dry Robin Williams. Right. Because it's based right. it's basically Right, yeah. So it's like it's like the he's basically playing it like zany Robin Williams. Only it's that it's that like he's actually unhinged. He has mental problems, uh, and they're causing like a major fucking problem. Like it's not Mrs. Doubtfire type of Robin Williams. But I mean, like it's like it's like stand up on cocaine, Robin Williams, literally climbing up the side of the stage. (laughs) (laughs) I think that only you're not laughing. (laughs) You're like, oh no, dear God, please somebody help that man. He basically played the same character in Insomnia as he did in this. Yeah, I don't. I remember him in Insomnia being like he was just like kind of soft spoken and there. He, he was. Uh, like, I don't remember I the performance in that being particularly or good. a bookkeeper or something, but he was definitely well, kind of even more so. He was definitely stalking younger girls. Yeah, or not not uh, good, but like not noteworthy. Like he was just mm-hmm. kind of there, and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, anybody else got anything on uh, one hour photo or any of the other movies? No, not that I can think of. Okay, we can do the rankings and the ranked A-lister Ooh. performances. Oh, snap. So, number one for me was The Devil's Advocate. I love that fucking movie. Um, <laughs> number two, surprising to me, but Leprechaun. 
I, I really loved Leprechaun this time around. <laughs> um, number three, one hour photo, followed by He Knows You're Alone, because if I want to watch Halloween, I'll just watch Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Nephi? Uh, so for ranked movies, it was one hour photo, The Devil's Advocate, Leprechaun, and He Knows You're Alone last. Um, I love Leprechaun, but like one hour photo and The Devil's Advocate were just yeah. too good. Oh, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, oh, we're just doing ranked, ranked movies. No, and yeah. oh, I should have done sorry. that. Okay, so yeah, I'll just go through mine real quick. Ranked A-lister <laughs> performances. Yeah, I, I don't know why I separated them like that. It's so fucking dumb. Uh, so my ranked A-lister performances, number one, Devil's Advocate. Uh, number two, One Hour Photo. Number three, Leprechaun. Number four, Who Knows You're Alone. Okay. <laughs> now you go. <laughs> Same as my ranked movies. It was in the same. Okay. Like, one, uh, hour one Hour Photo. photo. Robin Williams's performance was just stunning mm -hmm. um devil's advocate al pacino just everybody in that was just so good yeah um leprechaun uh i mean it was still better than he knows you're alone and he knows you're alone got last because we literally got two, two scenes. scenes yeah <laughs> so yeah uh fish uh, ranked movies, Devil's Advocate, same reasons as Boone. <laughs> uh, Leprechaun, and he knows you're alone because while it was Diet Halloween, I absolutely love the side story. <laughs> you'll, you'll take Halloween and any ripoff variety you can. I am taking, give me, give me. Only, yeah, I mean, the only difference is, is that Mikey wasn't Mikey. Yeah, Mikey wasn't. Diet. Right. Diet. Um, one hour photo only because, again, like Robin Williams, just it's different for me in that role that he played. Um, hmm. And then A performances, Pacino. Um so uh devil's advocate and then i did one hour photo because even though like i mean robin is a very superior actor to a lot um and then leprechaun uh jennifer aniston because i love her and then i hated putting he knows you're alone last on this but because the little bit that tom hanks was acting that movie was amazing but it literally yeah ranked for, for yeah literally ranked a-list before like yeah there's barely any topics how could yeah. it not be last but the performance was the good performance was fine. Yeah, the performance was fine yeah the performance is good but, but there's just not really much of it mm -hmm. especially compared to the other movies uh kettle uh, for ranked, I had Devil's Advocate, then One Hour Photo, uh, followed by Leprechaun, and He Knows You're Alone. For the ranked A-lister performances, only slightly switched up. I had One Hour Photo, then Devil's Advocate, and then Leprechaun, and then He Knows You're Alone. <laughs> yeah, for, for A-lister performances, we all had the same third, fourth picks. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense, because it's like... The leprechaun, like Jennifer Aniston's role in Leprechaun, like it's fine, but it, at the very least, she's in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, she's a main character. Yeah, he knows you're alone. It's just like, oh, hey, Tom Hanks. Oh, bye, Tom Hanks. <clears throat> <laughs> so, 
See you again. <laughs> yeah. Come back when you're Forrest Gump, fucker. Uh, so yeah, we get to come to the tallies. Um, so on base score, uh, Devil's Advocate won by a significant amount with 36, with um, nine kills, eight uh, acts of nudity, uh, 15 alcohol consumptions, and uh, four people had sex. Um, followed by He Knows You're Alone with 10 kills, one instance of nudity, one instance of drug usage, three instances of alcohol consumption, and nobody fucked. If, if, there was a lot of teasing leading up to fucking, but nobody actually fucked. Uh, followed by Leprechaun with four kills and one consumption of alcohol. And then finally one hour photo, which only had three instances of nudity. I definitely thought that like when I watched the movie, I was like, this movie's base score is like nothing. Yeah, yeah. The only, like, the 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 amateur porn guy, there was the naked topless chick in, in that montage, and then um, the husband and his mistress at the end. Yeah. And they didn't even, he didn't even make them actually fuck. So, no. yeah, didn't even get a sex counter tick for that. Um, so, in last place... With a paltry 45 points, he knows you're alone. Uh, in third place, with 93 points, one hour photo. And Kettle breathes a sigh of relief, knowing that he doesn't oh, have I to didn't have I didn't thing. have a weird I didn't have a galaxy brain category for this time, so I'm glad I didn't win. And in first place, with 177 damn points, Devil's Advocate. Congratulations, Fish. And Leprechaun came in second with 112 points. So close. So what are we? What movie type of movies are we watching next month, Fish? So I had to pick the most obvious one, Christmas Horror. Christmas Horror? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I actually... I got preemptive, and I'm sorry, but I was like, Devil's Advocate is so fucking good. I hate that I picked the winner and then picked all my categories. <laughs> I mean, that's there's nothing. Unless you're, like, there's suspicions that you were intentionally just picking no. your own movie just to win, which why the fuck would you? Well, it's no, it's not I, like we hand out cash prizes to the winners on this show. Right, and no, that's but, like, yeah, there's, there's no shame in... You suggested it, so I was like, well, yeah, that's true. Um, but I picked out my movie for the Christmas theme already. Okay, what is it? It's Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Oh, I have heard of that, but I, I have not seen it. I would like to see it. Well, now we're, now we're all going to have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else, Scott? Oh, I have no clue. I have an idea, but I want to look and see if there's anything else I would want to watch first. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can offhand pick one because it's been on my to-watch list for a while. Uh, Krampus. The Krampus movie that came out a few years ago. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look and see what I want to watch because I don't want to go with, like, any of the commonly watched ones. I actually kind of want to dig a little bit. All right. yeah, because that was my reasoning on that one too. Is I wanted to dig a little bit for a Christmas movie that wasn't something that I watched or something mm. not normally watched. Mm. Yeah, I kind of want to go for stuff I haven't. Uh, and to be fair, I haven't watched a lot of the holiday horror. So, 
That was a wow. good time. Yeah. Not even, two and a half. Like the the span of of the <sighs> the runtime of this tonight's show is probably the, roughly the same as the span of Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we're we're getting better at like yeah, just kind of pacing in general. Yeah, yeah. It's flowing think, together a lot smoother. Yeah, we and like the way we've started interjecting while we're talking with each other. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that streams li- streamlines it a lot, too. Feels so natural. Mm-hmm. It also helped that, like, none of us really had much to say about He Knows You're Alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was yeah. like, I've said my piece, I don't really have much else to say on it. If nobody else does, like, yeah, we gave it a half hour, we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since I'm like, I know Devil's Advocate, like, I know I'm going to talk a little bit at length about Leprechaun because there's just so much batshit insanity in there that, right. that I want to gush over. And then Devil's Advocate and One Hour Photo are both kind of deeper, heavier movies that probably are going to mm-hmm. have more lengthy conversations about them. I trim so much out of, like, from my notes for the show. <laughs> yeah, I skipped yeah. over some stuff, too. Yeah. When it was just it was just like rehashing stuff or like little moments or stuff that came up naturally like like Colson I had a note for uh, also hey Colson I'm <laughs> happy every time I see Greg or Clark Greg in anything he's, he's always so the cute. same character he's, so cute. <laughs> he's just Colson he's so adorable his first name is, is the Asian. Krampus movie you're talking about tw- from 2015. Um, Do you know it's the one. Hold on. It might. That sounds right. Let me see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, with Adam Scott and Tony Collette. Oh, I I may have seen part of this. That, that's coming together now in my head. Okay, that that'll be that'll be fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch. Krampus for a while. So have I. It's been on my to watch yeah. list and I've just not gotten around to it. I was so. kind of hoping someone would pick it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect excuse to watch it now. 